The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Today's gospel begins with a brother bringing Jesus a dispute over an inheritance. But instead of arbitrating between the man and his brother, Jesus tells another one of his parables. Cautioning the crowd first, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. In the CEV, the Contemporary English Version translation, Jesus says, owning a lot of things won't make your life safe. And then Jesus tells the story of a man who has a problem. The problem the man thinks he has is that he has stored up so much of his harvest that he needs to build bigger barns to keep all of his crops and his goods. This isn't someone you would see on American Pickers who has barns filled with old treasures and junk or a hoarder who has stacks of newspapers towering in the study and closets filled with paper towels because they were on sale. He he hasn't just let the attic overflow with boxes of stuff. His problem won't be solved by a good spring cleaning, decluttering, downsizing, or a yard sale. As Jesus tells us the story, we see that the man's problem isn't what he thinks it is. 
His problem isn't the abundance of crops and goods, possessions and things. Or maybe it is, but having enough storage for these things is not the problem. If you've ever watched Seinfeld, maybe you remember a scene when Jerry and George and Kramer are in a locker room talking after a basketball game. And they keep talking about this fourth player named Jimmy who had really been on top of his game. And then Jimmy comes in the locker room and he talks about himself in the third person for the whole conversation. Jimmy played pretty good. Jimmy couldn't jump at all before he got these training shoes. Jimmy will see you around. Like Jimmy, the man in this story only refers to himself. Six times, in fact, he addresses himself and his soul, questioning how he can solve his problem and proposing a solution that would leave him with ample goods laid up for many years. What should I do? I have no place. I will do this. I will pull down. I will store and I will say. He was a rich man. So it's unlikely he worked his own fields. And yet he never mentions the people who helped him prepare the land and reap the harvest. He never mentions neighbors or community or even family. And of course, he never mentions God. This kind of self-centeredness and individualism is the very turning in on oneself That is Martin Luther's definition of sin. And then then there is the man's lack of compassion. As a rich man in Jesus' time, in what was a subsistence economy, his neighbors would have been more concerned about daily bread, where their next meal was coming from, than whether they could eat drink, and be merry in the future. While the story is set more than 2,000 years ago, it remains relevant to us today. Many of us have refrigerators, freezers, and pantry shelves filled with groceries. I know I do. And yet here in Shelby and Cleveland County, our neighbors experience Poverty, homelessness, and food insecurity every day. And even when people are employed, often their earnings aren't enough to pay for housing and food and medical expenses. And of course, it's not just adults. As much as kids love summer vacation, many will be thankful when school starts again, because that will mean that they get to eat breakfast and lunch every day after a lean summer. So even in 2019, for many families like our ancestors in faith, the concern isn't where to store an abundance, 
but whether they even have daily bread. Going back to the parable, is it really so surprising that God calls this man a fool? His disregard for others impoverishes him in ways he doesn't even recognize. Artist James B. Jenkneg, in his painting, The Rich Fool, shows death, a skeleton dressed in a dark robe, and the rich man at a dining room table in a very large, empty house. While in another part of the painting, there is a more modest house, and eight people, including children, are gathered around a table together, and there's a fenced-in yard and toys by the front door. While the rich man has ample crops and goods, he has no one to share them with, and he has no community where he belongs and is loved. And that brings us back to Jesus' initial warning. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. The writer of Ecclesiastes had learned this lesson. We only have a few verses from the book's first two chapters, but the rest of those chapters tell the story of one who went searching for meaning and found great wisdom, but no satisfaction. Wartburg College religion professor Walter Bowser notes that the writer, who is called the teacher, continues searching in pleasures of sensuality, labor, and wealth, but ultimately declares all these activities to be equally vain or pointless. What the teacher discovers and what the rich fool fails to learn is that the stuff of life is not stuff at all. Life is not found in work, wealth, pleasure, or achievement. Life is found in the relationships we build and cherish, in the communities where we live and give of ourselves, and especially here in our context as a community of followers of Jesus. Life is found in our faith. Today's texts remind us that our own efforts cannot deliver security, safety, or salvation. That is the rich fool's problem. Either he fails to acknowledge that all he is and has comes from God, or he is ignorant of the truth and does not even see that God provides both daily bread and hope for the future. The good news is that forgiven of our sin and reconciled to God, our security, our safety, and our salvation are in Christ Jesus. As St. Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. Having died with Christ, we believe that we also live with 
him. Even as we rest confident in God's reconciling and redeeming grace. When we hear Jesus tell this cautionary tale, we're encouraged to ask ourselves how we are like the rich fool and how we are poor in the sight of God. When has avarice, greed, or arrogance closed my eyes to the ways God has provided for me? Who have I overlooked as I rest in the safety and security that I enjoy? Where do I find life in God and in community? Today, especially with the echoes of gun violence again reverberating through our lives, Jesus' warning that things cannot make our lives safe brings us again to the cross, empty-handed, heavy-hearted, and gut-wrenched at the death of dozens of innocents, where we meet the one in whom we find safety, security, and life. Let us pray. Wondrous God, we give thanks for your Son, Jesus, who reconciles us to you, even when we sin and fall short, failing to love as we are loved. Guard us against all kinds of greed and idolatry, and set our minds on the ways of your kingdom. Lead us by your Holy Spirit to abundant life in relationship with you and with our neighbors. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.